Welcome to Pardon the Intermission, a podcast that takes a look at movies, TV, and all things entertainment from the past, the present, and the future. Remember to subscribe and like the podcast and give a review. This helps out the podcast and is greatly appreciated. Now on to the show. Yes, hey everyone, welcome to Pardon the Intermission. I am Eric. And I am Jason. Hope you're all doing great out there, and we have a great show here planned for you. Yes, I'm excited about it. Uh, Glad to have you guys with us, and uh, while you're uh, in the process of listening to us, also don't forget to follow us now on our new social media accounts. We have Ah. a Facebook page. Follow us on Facebook at Pardon the Intermission, and you can also find us on Twitter at uh, PTI underscore uh, show, I believe it is. Yeah. Yeah, at PTI underscore podcast. Pod, that's right. Thank For you. For Twitter, so yeah. Thank you. I almost <laughs> forgot our Twitter handle. Shame on me. Eric. What? What? Aren't you on that thing every day? Well, I am on Twitter every day, but to be honest, I'm looking for interesting stories that we can talk about on this show. <laughs> so, you, and we will be, trust me, folks, and we'll take those stories and we'll post them and, yep. and retweet them. Yep, absolutely. And uh, get it out to you guys. So, yeah, yep. yeah, please follow us on those uh, on those uh, social, social media accounts. accounts. Yeah. yeah, and then also leave comments and let us know if there's anything you'd like us to talk about. But hey, let's let's just cut to the chase. Like well, Eric I, said, we have a great show tonight. Or did you want to say something else? Before? Yeah, I wanted to say also, and and then in the future too, we're oh, also sure. going to be doing uh, polls. And, and be uh, you know doing some interactive stuff too to get uh, yes. from the audience so that we can go through them as we're doing the show. Yes, so, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Definitely we want to make look this out all for that. Inclusive. Hey, um, yes, the show. We want to start off. Uh, you had a story tonight, another interesting story about Disney. Bum bum bum. Uh, I mean, you know, stop is, me if you've heard this, huh? Yeah, I know. Huh? <laughs> another story about Disney. Disney. Um, let me ask you: Do you think Disney's turning into the uh, evil empire at this point? I think Disney became the evil empire a long time ago, <laughs> to be honest with you. I mean, when you take a look at all of the other media conglomerates that they've gobbled up over the years, I mean, they own ABC, they own ESPN, they own Hulu, they own mm. all of these other little mini streaming channels and companies, and then they also own um, they own all the rights to Marvel. They bought all the rights to Star Wars. So yeah. they have complete. Uh, I think they. I think control. I even read they. They almost had the rights. Was it Lord of the Rings? They almost got Lord of the Rings rights. Yeah, and they and it slipped through their hands. It did. It slipped through their hands because Peter Jackson and New Line were a, a little bit more finicky about what they wanted in return. So mm. uh, yeah, they played a little harder to get than George Lucas and Stan Lee did with their. Well, I, I think uh, we're kind of getting off. I think on on our scheduled show, but I, I think in all honesty, if uh, um, getting off track, I mean, if. Uh, uh, if Peter Jackson and New Line wouldn't have been able to do what they did, I mean, I don't. It wouldn't have been. It would not have been the Lord of the Rings we have now. I don't think. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So thank goodness, in a way, kind of thank goodness. Sorry, <laughs> Disney, but uh, thank goodness you didn't get a hold of that one. Yep. Too much of a good thing can be a bad thing. Sometimes. Yeah. So anyway, hey. So let's get back to our uh, our story here. So Disney mm-hmm. uh, has a lawsuit uh, coming on. Tell us about it. Yeah, so I, I found this interesting story about a lawsuit being filed uh, right now against, um, I think it was actually not Disney, but it's more Lucas. Well, more Lucas films, I should say. Yeah, yeah more Lucas films. So apparently this involves uh, some of the, as my phone is pulling up the story here, really. Well, let me ask you this really real quick. Um, is so maybe I'm a little confused. Now, Lucas films, how are they tied in with Disney? Aren't Didn't Disney buy Lucas films, or didn't they? 
So how does that work? Do okay, you know? yeah. So Lucasfilm is Luke. Okay, so because Lucasfilm does all of the um, creative Imagineering for the Star Wars products and the Star Wars films, uh-huh. um, they are essentially part of Lucasfilm is basically the company that produces Star Wars, the company that creates Star Wars, the company that hires all the people that make Star Wars. And so when George Lucas sold over his rights to the Star Wars universe, he also signed over the rights for uh, Lucasfilm, um, with the exception of Industrial Light and Magic. I still Mm. think ILM is is his separate entity. But um, so, yeah, Lucasfilm is part of that Star Wars entity in and of itself. So that's why um, that that's why Lucasfilm is uh, is owned by Disney there. Now my story finally came up. So (laughs) sorry for the delay there, folks. My phone's not being nice to me. So, yeah, I found this story uh, earlier this week about how they're being sued for, quote unquote, egregious firing of a producer on uh, the Star Wars series, The Acolyte. Now. For those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, that's because The Acolyte hasn't come out yet. This is a new uh, animated series that Mm. uh, Star Wars and Lucasfilm have been in uh, production and pre-production with for a long time. But apparently, according to the story here, uh, the production company... Uh, Lucasfilm, again, hit with that wrongful termination lawsuit from Ballers executive producer Karen McCarthy. Ballers is the series that features Dwayne The Rock Johnson, by the way. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember that, yeah. Is that still going on? That's off, right? Is it-, uh, it might be. I'm not sure. I'd have to go and do some deeper research into that. But anyway, the executive producer of Ballers, Karen McCarthy, apparently was axed from the Disney Plus series The Acolyte just after a few weeks of work. Now, according to a complaint that was obtained by Variety magazine, uh, quote, as a result of its bad faith and wrongful termination, defendants deprived Miss McCarthy, defendants being Lucasfilm, mm-hmm. a significant employment from which she would have earned millions of dollars over the life of the series. And then two weeks after Lucasfilm and McCarthy apparently settled on, quote unquote, broad strokes agreement. Without explanation, without reason, without justification, Lucasfilm told McCarthy it wanted out of the deal mm. per the complaint. So make of that what you will. But uh, that's just kind of, to me, I, it, to me, I find, well, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, yeah, you know, it, it was kind of interesting I was, when I was reading through the story. Now, it also goes on to say that, that you know, she's, she, the reason she's trying to get these damages also is because, yeah, she would have made a lot of money on this, this series, she's saying. Yes. But she also gave up, uh, she was uh, in the position to become the uh, executive producer of uh, Sugar. Yeah, which is uh, an Apple, Apple uh, series. TV series. Mm-hmm. So, but the funny thing about this is that you know, I mean, here's the deal, though. Okay, I understand there may be some guarantees and contracts, but yeah. you know, it's and I know that is a different world necessarily <clears throat> than the than just going and getting a job at your local grocery store. But you know, yeah. if you get hired somewhere, there's no guarantees. Right, that's, that's so true. It's almost like taking a chance. Now, like I said, I don't know what was in their mm-hmm. contract. We're, we're not privy to all those details, but at the same time, I'm kind of like, you know, okay, so you took a chance. Mm-hmm. Whether you did a handshake, <clears throat> if you signed on the dotted line, I mean, if you have something in writing and mm-hmm. your lawyers can take care of it, okay, that's one thing. Yeah. But if you just kind of did a handshake, it almost sounds like it was loosely agreed upon in there, the way they worded it. Yep. And if that's the case, it's like, well, I'm sorry, but if they get rid of you, well, then you should have got some guarantees, you know? Exactly. I, that, and what this sounds to me, Eric, like, what this sounds like to me is just one gigantic game of he said, she said. Mm, yeah. Because the story goes on to say that McCarthy claims, and according again, this is coming from McCarthy here, he said, she said, 
McCarthy claims that when she requested to be paid for her work on the Acolyte, Lucasfilm denied that they even had an agreement, even though, (laughs) there we go, that's the operative phrase there, even though, one, they had made their offer containing all of the material deal points, two, McCarthy accepted that offer, that's the most important part of the story right there, three, Lucasfilm had McCarthy start right away, and four, Lucasfilm sent to McCarthy a memorandum of agreement memorializing the terms, including that McCarthy had already commenced working. So Eric, she didn't even need to sign a contract. If this is true, and she agreed to this verbally, Lucasfilm did the right thing by sending her all of the material and all of the resources she needed to get started right away. Because Mm. in Hollywood, now, I've never worked in Hollywood, you've never worked in Hollywood, but I would imagine that working in Hollywood... Does Hollywood video count? Uh, possibly. Okay, sorry. <laughs> yes, it does. Okay, I'll give you the mulligan on oh, that okay, one. Okay. But what I'm trying to get to is that in this type of business, it doesn't matter if you sign pen to paper or if you give a handshake agreement. Even if you say something verbally to somebody and they agree upon it, boom, their attorneys are going to draft their their attorneys are going to draft something and say, "Great, you got to deal with her, regardless of whether you signed a contract." And so hmm. this is he said, she said. Now again, this is just according to the story. The only people who really know what went on are Karen McCarthy and the well, executives at Lucasfilm. Yeah, like I said, I'm no, I don't know exactly how things work in Hollywood. But yeah, if if to me it would be like, okay, even if they sent her the material, I think they could still say, yes, we were prepping, but then, you know, nothing ever got signed. We never actually yep. gave her the okay to do it. We were just yep. showing her what the material was going to be, you yeah. know, and as far as what the job might entail. Yeah. So, I mean, there could, yeah, you're right. This is all kind of he said, she said stuff. Mm-hmm. Now, for a lot of people, too, they don't know what the acolyte is um what is it it's uh it was a series an animated series you said yeah it's from the star wars universe yeah and what what does it actually pertain to to be honest with you i don't know well it i i think it, it comes out of the uh the new republic right it comes out of yes. that whole that, that whole genre I yeah i don't remember much about it i i didn't get deep into, mm-hmm. the, into the star wars lore as far as that goes i do i remember, remember playing the video game a few years right. ago yeah, they had right? a video game right yeah, the new right. republic right yeah, yeah. So so apparently the series was was coming out of there. So I think it's set it was supposed to be set like a hundred, like a century before <clears throat> it's when the Jedi ruled yeah. type of thing. You know, yeah. it was before the Empire really started, the Jedi ruled and, and so it was about a hundred back in the days of the hundred years before, before before the old republic. Before the uh yeah, the mm-hmm. which would be uh would that be the uh uh Anakin series? Would that be the Way uh, before. episode? Yeah, way before. Way before that. Yeah. That'd be what, around Rogue Squad? I'm trying to do like a timeline here. Would that be... Way earlier than Rogue Squadron. Way earlier. No, no, no. That... I'm talking about... I'm sorry. I'm getting... Yeah. Probably being very confusing. What's up? The uh, the show is 100 years before. Yes. But it's 100 years before what? 100 years before uh, 100 years a new... Be- uh, not A New Hope, but 100 years before uh, uh, the Anakin series... Uh, yeah, give or take. Okay, okay. So, yeah. but yeah, for the prequels, for the, I should say. Yeah, for the, the original prequels. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. sorry. We got there, folks. We got there. It took us a while, but That's we got all there. all right. We got there. So anyway, so there's just more trouble. You know, I mean, I don't know, man. Lucasfilms, oh man, it's just... Well, this is interesting because Lucasfilm really hasn't been under the uh, the guise of lawsuits for for as long as I can remember. Mm. And that, now, the, some of the other separate lawsuits that have affected Disney have just pertained to Disney itself. Disney, maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, more, just Disney the, itself. Yeah, yeah, they've just pertained to Disney itself, not really to Lucasfilm. So, and what 
so in regards to this one with Lucasfilm, why, why I think this makes it interesting is that the hidden caveat in all of this is that apparently this contract that uh, Karen McCarthy had with the Acolyte would have made her uh, one of the most powerful uh, television series producers mm. in Hollywood because she stood to get millions from this wow. supposed deal that she made with, or that, I'm sorry, Lucasfilm made with her, according to her. And then also, uh, apparently, the story also goes on to say that, or suggest that um, her deal working with Apple on the um, the other series that you mentioned, um, oh, was, Sugar. Sugar. Yeah. That was never really etched in stone either. And so now we have two different stories going on here where, Apple is claiming, well, you know, we never really had her under the fold anyway. And now you have Lucasfilm saying, well, wait a minute. We we, we had you under the fold, so what's going on here? I mean, we made you the offer. We told you we were going to get you whatever you needed, but now you're saying that we didn't, so what's going on here? Mm. So, yeah, there's obviously a lot of back and forth, a lot of tug of war, and a lot of dirt kicking going on here. But basically, this just amounts to a good old-fashioned case of he said, she said. Yeah, yeah. Well, it'll be mm. interesting to see how it plays out. Yeah, it will. And, and I wonder if that's going to uh, basically hurt the series, if it's going to take longer now for the series mm. to... Uh... Uh, it potentially could. I mean, if, if, uh, if this lawsuit goes into a courtroom and you know they rule in favor of her or rule in favor of Lucas or whoever it will definitely set their schedule back because regardless of who wins or loses then you're looking at them looking for a new producer and that could take months if not years because hmm. it takes a long time to hammer out um, you know producers and writers and directors for these yeah, shows yeah. so and and mind you Lucasfilm much like Disney they plan things out years in advance so they've yeah. had all this stuff on the table for years, and now to have it possibly come toppling down because of this, it's bottom. It'll hurt Lucasfilm's bottom line in regards to their production schedule more than anything else. Well, it might, but at the same time, you know, it's it's funny seeing a lot of these. Uh, now, Lucasfilm's not necessarily uh, tied in directly with the streaming, like with Disney right. Plus. But I mean, That's we're correct. seeing we're seeing like a lot of these streaming services pull shows like crazy. I mean, Discovery, yep. HBO Max, mm -hmm. they pulled a ton of stuff. I mean, they. They just don't care. Nope. It's just like it's all about the bottom line of money. So I'm wondering yeah. too if if other you know Disney Plus has obviously got some issues, and so they're starting to uh, you know Disney as a company starting to cut jobs and stuff. And you know on the streaming side too, they've talked about a lot yep. of we've talked about it before a lot of uh, shows and stuff that might get shelved and stuff yeah. possibly. So point being, I'm just saying that I, I I think maybe people are like really putting the brakes on because you know the money's not there and, right. and there's some <clears> problems. So maybe it. For, for Lucasfilms are like, hey, it's worth just waiting. Yep, right. In you which know? case, they can afford to sit it out because really the, the, the chips are on their side of the table, not Karen's here. So yeah. they can afford to wait it out, I guess. So, hey. Well, hey, anyway, we want to move on to uh, yeah. uh, there's another interesting story. And we, you know, we talked about this. Uh, uh, we actually, I kind of uh, was able to string it to a couple of podcasts where I, where I was trying to make a a case. You listen to the competition? Top Gun. No, no, no. I'm talking about us. <laughs> okay, our podcast. Oh, I said I, 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 I was stringing it along for a couple. Yeah, a couple okay. of, uh, okay, of our own podcast. And I was making yeah. the case why uh, Top Gun Maverick should be nominated yes, you for, for Best Picture, right? Yeah. Well, here's a funny story, and this one comes out of Newsweek. So now, right. Top Gun Maverick, this is the, the title, Top Gun okay. Maverick faces right. calls to be stripped Okay. Of the Oscar nominations. I'm Wait, like, what? What the heck? You know, I thought, oh, right. man, what are they doing to poor Tom, man? They're, right. You know, what is going on here? Well, <clears throat> if, if you read in the article, basically, yeah. what, what this says is that there are people that are, are making these calls because 
I guess there was a Russian oligarch that had, uh, uh, through some shadow companies, that basically had, you know, funded. I mean, they, they get a lot of people that put money into these mm-hmm. into these movies. Right. And so because this guy is is tied in somehow, this Russian oligarch, I can't even, I don't even know if I can pronounce his name here. I'm going to give it a shot Go here. for it. I think his name is pronounced Dmitry. Rebolovev, Rebolovlev, Rebolovlev, Rebol. There we go, Rebolovlev. That Rybolilev, sounds. That yeah. sounds like it makes more Dimitri. sense. Dimitri. It sounds. Dimitri. Uh, yeah, it sounds like he's from Rocky Four. What was his it, name? Uh, oh, the, no, you're thinking of Ivan Denko. Oh, Ivan. Yeah, I, mean, I must break you. Yeah, I will yes, break. I will you. break you. Um, sorry for our <laughs> terrible accents. Hey. Right. Um, anyway, it, so this guy, he apparently is loosely nominated or nominated. He's loosely uh, tied to the film as far as being. Uh, you know, backing it with some money okay. through some shadow companies. And I okay. don't think there's anything nefarious here. I think it's just because, you know, it's the whole virtue signaling because of the war going on with Ukraine and sure. all that kind of stuff. So Hollywood doesn't want to be tied to that. So anyway, they're they're calling for this movie to be uh, stripped mm-hmm. of its uh, nomination. Do you think it's going to happen? No. Yeah? No, I don't think so. I, I think this is just, uh, I think this is smoke on the water right now. Mm. Um, and the only reason why it's even news is because it deals with a Russian oligarch. And as you just previously mentioned, Russia right now is in a all out fisticuffs um, uh, conflict, armed conflict with Ukraine. Mm-hmm. So I think if, if this was not involved in a Russian oligarch, honestly, it would have it would have stayed in the news for about two days and then it would have evaporated very, very quickly. Uh, I don't think. No, I don't think. Look, first of all, first of all, a Russian oligarch does not dictate the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences decision to yank movies from their nomination list. The Academy yeah. of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences is the only entity that can do that. Mm. Now, if this Russian oligarch is standing up thinking that he's the next coming of Vladimir Putin, he's got something else coming to him. But no, Eric, I don't think they're the Oscars are going to yank their nominations for uh, this movie because these nominations came out months ago. They, I mean, they, they, they found out who the nominees were going to be months ago, but they didn't yeah. make them public until I think like what January. Yeah. So, so yeah, I don't think they're going to, I don't think they're going to yank them. Uh, yeah. yeah. I'm, I, I'm, I'm not sure either, but then again, you know, they've done a lot of other stuff. I mean, Hollywood surprises us all the time, so I wouldn't be surprised if they did it mm-hmm. now, apparently. Uh, so, so to get more into the story real quick. So I guess there was a Toronto based, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, uh, group called the, uh, Ukrainian world Congress. So UWC. Okay. And it's charged that the billionaire, uh, money went into the movie. So this is who it's coming from. So mm-hmm. they wrote a letter to the Academy um, mm-hmm. with its uh, says that their letter uh, that its intention is to eradicate any potential uh, for Russia to have a hand uh, in the content of Hollywood movies. So they're thinking that this could be propaganda, that mm-hmm. there could be some type of propaganda in this movie. I mean, I watched the movie. There's no propaganda. They never even state who the real enemy is in this movie. You right. know, essentially, exactly. it's just someone who has a chance to do, uh, you know, had to build a nuclear bomb, right? With mm-hmm. some nuclear, uh, uh, what do they call it? Nuclear, <clears throat> not generator, but uh, anyway. Nuclear reactor? No, it wasn't a reactor. What was it? It was a uh, it was a facility that they can basically uh, uh, you know make the uranium you know to uh, put in put in a nuclear warhead, right? So that, yeah. that's what they were. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, they never even say the uh, uh, who the real enemy was in this thing. So I I think it's kind of I mean I think it's kind of virtuous signaling. We'll see 
what happens here. Um, and, and the other thing, the other quick thing I want to put in there is that, yeah. you know, it, we don't want to get into about where money comes from because I'm sure there's a lot of money coming from all over the world for these movies, right? Yeah. Uh, how much money from China has been put into these movies too, you know? Right. So, I mean, if we're well, going to start nitpicking this stuff. And something else that's real interesting about this Russian oligarch named Dmitry uh, Rybolov, uh, Rybolov, sorry, folks, Rybolov. Vlev. Is that apparently he doesn't even live in Russia anymore. Apparently he's been based in Monaco since 2010. Oh, yeah. And is the owner of the local soccer club, AS Monaco. Uh, I've never even heard of him. As a result, he has been photographed watching games alongside Prince Albert II of Monaco over the years. And he's also an astute art collector who is worth an estimated $6.6 billion dollars. Oh, here we go. Here's the political tie-in, Eric. Hmm. He gained notoriety in the U.S. when it was revealed that he had purchased former President Donald Trump's Maison Lumet property in Palm Beach, Florida oh, in 2008. There oh, we go. That's oh, why this is in that's the That's the tie-in. That's I guess the tie-in. what has me more concerned is why in the heck is a Russian oligarch funding a Hollywood movie in the first place? Well, I, I don't think there's anything really... I mean, you know, I can't say, but I don't think there's anything... Um, out of the ordinary with this because people, I mean, guys with this kind of money, I'm sure they're getting, they're getting approached all the time by people to fund things. You know what I mean? And they're always looking for, for, for places to put money. And I don't think it's necessarily nefarious. It's not, it's just, they're looking for places to put their money. Okay. So I don't, I don't think there's any, there's any harm or foul here, you know? Okay. But, um, I, I mean, I'm still a little bit concerned only from the standpoint that, Okay, now something a connection I am keeping in mind here is that Top Gun Maverick was filmed right at the height of the COVID nineteen pandemic, and this movie, when it came out last year, was actually a year delayed of its original release in the summer of two thousand twenty one. Well, it was it was supposed to be released in twenty twenty, right? Twenty twenty, yes. I'm yeah. sorry, and they had to obviously not release it then because of the well, pandemic. they didn't want to because of COVID. I don't think they right. wanted to go to streaming. They, right. they wanted to try to get some money back on it. Right, and so yeah. where I'm going with this is, I wonder if they, they brought in this oligarch to kind of save the production of the movie because when the pandemic hit, Hollywood studios were shut down as well. Mm. And since this movie was already in pre production before the pandemic, maybe they needed his money to kind of what keep them afloat. Is that a plausible theory? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, sometimes I think it's like you say, you know, I think these guys a lot of times are, are approached way before to fund things. So it may, he may have okay. been. So yeah. e- even if this guy did fund them, fund, it doesn't necessarily mean. And what? And, and if you go on to read the story, yes, it's, it's trying to tie it into uh, Trump here where you're talking about the Trump properties. And right. he was on a plane with him, supposedly. And I don't know. But, right. you know, all this stuff seemed to happen uh, earlier. Um from 20, this, there's like something from 2005, then we go to 2016. Mm-hmm. Um, point being is that even, uh, I don't know, I mean, this, this is way before the, the Ukrainian way before. war. So I don't know if, you know, to me it's like, uh, does it really, you know, there, yeah, there's ties there, but this is all stuff before the Ukrainian war. So He's known as the fertilizer king. <laughs> I saw that, yeah. Make yeah. of that what you will. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think he, yeah, he sells a lot of you know fertilizer, yeah. compost, and stuff. You know? We hope. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, we don't. I don't know. I don't know the ins and outs of this guy and, and his right. business dealings. But the point being is that I, I don't know if anything is, is necessarily nefarious. These guys, I, I think there's you know these uh, billionaires all over the world. You know, they're probably approached to fund all these different things. And you know, these guys probably think it's fun to be part of a, a Hollywood movie. Hollywood project, you know. 
Yeah, yeah, probably. So I don't know. I don't know if there's anything nefarious or not. I guess it's just going to come down to the academy and what uh, and what they decide to do yeah. with it. Yeah, so. so it'll be interesting to kind of see what what happens as a result of this. But uh, yeah, ultimately, I think no Oscar nomination strip for this movie. Yeah. So yeah, no, I'm sorry. I'm just reading this. Reading a little bit more. They're talking about the Kremlin interfering with a script to remove any possible negative references to Russia from the storyline. Um, I don't know. I mean, you know, uh, when did the war in Ukraine kind of happen? What, in 2020, 2021, right? 2021. Yeah. It's been going on a couple, close to a couple years now. Well, and actually it goes all the way back. Here's a little history lesson, folks. It actually, this goes all the way back to 2008 when Russia annexed Crimea. Uh, Ukraine was in, um, direct, um, not violation, but they were in, uh, uh, they were against Russia annexing Crimea, and uh, Vladimir Zelensky, the president of Ukraine, made a big stink about that, and they wanted the United States to jump in and prevent Russia from annexing Crimea, but the U.S. government said, this is this is not our issue, yeah. this is not a U.N. issue, this is this is something you guys have to well, deal and, with. Well, and, and to be fair, I mean, I, in the old uh, Soviet days, USSR, before it broke up, I mean, yeah. all those territories belonged to Russia, were originally in, in the Russian province, right? Yeah. I mean, they were originally... Yeah, so, many of the I don't Baltic know, there's states. a lot of... Yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot of... Um, one ping, Bashili. One a ping. A lot of politics only, going on there for yep. sure. But that's right. One ping, Bashili. Hey, speaking of politics, hey, I want to do a, a kind of a retro, ret, ret, retro review. Doom, 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 doom. Retro review. Yeah, you know what was really cool is I got to recently. Let me let me. Well, I'm, I'm going to ask you this, but yeah. let me let me explain first. I got to sure, recently go watch uh, the Hunger Games series. Okay, sure. With my daughter, and if you guys remember okay. the Hunger Games, based on a popular book by Suzanne Collins. Mm-hmm. Um. And I, I got to tell you something. When I originally watched these Hunger Games, uh, I wasn't too impressed with them. I liked the first one. Mm-hmm. Second one, I was it was like the Empire Strikes Back of the Hunger Games, right? Because it left it had a big cliffhanger in the end, you right? Know? <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Um, and then uh, the the third one, which was a two parter movie, if you remember, um, I wasn't. I was like, uh, I don't know. I wasn't too impressed. It's so funny. I remember originally when it came out, and I watched. You know, I, I kind of caught on to the Hunger Games late, so I watched the yeah. original one like on DVD, mm-hmm. and then I watched the second one in the theaters. Sure. And I was like, oh man, I can't wait. So I actually went. It's the first time I went and got the book and read. The Mockingjay, which okay. is the third book in the series, okay. uh, because I wanted to see what happened. I couldn't wait. I'm like, oh, sure. man, I can't wait for the movie. It's going to be another, you know how these movies come out, another two right. or three years before I see the movie. Right, right. Anyway, I saw the movies, and I'll tell you what, watching them back to back to back, I, I really enjoyed them a lot more. And I, okay. Yeah, and I really thought they were a lot better than originally mm-hmm. what I had Thought they were, yeah, than what I had thought they were when I saw them originally. Okay. Yeah, pretty good, man. I'm pretty good. Do you, I, I, I you know, I know you haven't seen them probably recently, but what, what did you think about the uh, Mockingjay, the uh, Hunger Games series? You know what? I couldn't get into them. Really? Uh, yeah, I couldn't get into them. And I don't know if it was because I expected more from them. Because, look, the books that they're based off of by author Suzanne Collins are very popular, mm. primarily because they are popular amongst young adults. Um, and so I think that was... I know, I felt kind of funny reading the thing. I, I bet you did. Because they're mostly young young women, too, right? Because yes. the, it's a heroine, right? Yes, exactly. involves a heroine. Yes, yeah. and not that I don't have a hard time latching onto heroines or anything, but I think because the books and the subsequent films felt like they were just geared towards a much younger audience. They just mm. didn't relate to me, Eric. Hmm. And th- now for me, that's different than like, say, the Harry Potter franchise because 
the Harry Potter franchise, you know, is not, I've heard the comparisons between Hunger Games and Harry Potter simply from the standpoint of global phenomenon, how popular they became both uh, in literature and then subsequently in film. Mm. So that's why I'm drawing the um, correlation here. But where I'm going with this is that the Harry Potter franchise is much different because uh, J.K. Rowling and the, the filmmakers of those movies made the films not to necessarily be relatable to just a younger audience. It's where a whole broad spectrum mm. of an audience can relate to them. But with The Hunger Games, I felt much different. I just felt like they're more appreciative for people like my two nieces, who are 21, uh, mm. 22 and 23 years okay. old. And I just, I, I like the first one, but beyond that, I just really couldn't get into the other ones. Even mm. though I must say, Donald Sutherland with uh, scraggly-looking hair is pretty cool. And then <laughs> President Philip, Snow. Yeah, and then Phil, Philip Seymour Hoffman, I love him, of course, was in. And, and unfortunately, he passed two. away during the film. I think it was during he the did. filming of the last, because uh, yep. the last two they filmed back-to-back, but I think, um, I'm yep. not sure when he passed, but unfortunately, he passed away. Yeah, it was a while ago. So yeah, I... I just, you know, never really got was able to get into them. So hmm. I'm not saying they're bad. I'm just saying that I don't yeah. like them because I just couldn't relate to them. I don't know. I, I really liked them because of the uh, uh, the politics. To me, it was more. I mean, you know, the, the story itself was interesting, but I liked the whole politics surrounding it. Sure. Um, I think it just it, it told a lot. Especially, it's funny when I watch it now and I see kind of uh, what's mm-hmm. happening today in the world. It seems pretty relevant to, yeah. to a lot of things that are going on. It did back then, yeah. and it even seems more so now. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it's uh, uh, I don't know. I think I think people, if if you would if you had watched it originally, go out and give it another shot. It's like I said, it's a kind of a different experience when I watch it back to back to back to back. It okay. was it was really I don't know. I was able to keep up with it more. I think the other reason too is that, like I said, for me, I read the the last book. Mm-hmm. So when I read the book and then when I saw the movies, I think I was let down a little bit just because my own imagination had things pegged differently, you know, from okay. reading the book, right? So I right. think that's a little bit too where I was a little disappointed. But then in rewatching them recently, um, like mm-hmm. I said, I could really appreciate uh, the whole scope of it. Now, okay. the other thing too, uh, real quick, uh, we're running out of time, but mm-hmm. uh, I also recently found out The Hunger Games is actually coming out with a prequel. What? So there's been a book. The book came out, I think, in 2020. Okay. Uh, Suzanne Collins wrote another book, but it's a prequel, and the, and the actual and they're going to do a movie about it. And I think that's set okay. to come out. I think it's this year of November of 2023. It's going to come out. Okay. Um, it's called The Hunger Games: The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. Interesting. And this one, <clears throat> this one uh, goes back to uh, Snow, President Snow, mm-hmm. uh, and his rise to power. Huh. Okay. So where he came from and his rise to power. Um, I gotta say, I'm not. I'm not as excited about this one though. I okay. I, I have a hard time. I don't know if you feel this way, but I think sometimes the prequels, mm-hmm. um, and it's just because of experience. Uh, let's just yeah. be honest with Star Wars. They don't live up to to what the original was. And at sure. this point too, I'm like, for me, I'm like, I know who President Snow was. I don't really. I don't know. I'm not that interested to see where he came from, but. <laughs> Uh, you know what I'm saying? Is that it's yeah, kind of like I'll, I know his character, and it was like it was a fun, interesting character in the in the original Hunger Games series. But I don't know. I'm like oh, I was kind of reading some of the the plot and stuff, and I'm like, well, okay. Right. But I'm like, I don't know if it's really going to pull me in. So anyway, uh, you know, I don't know if I'll make it top priority on my list. But uh, well, maybe if you didn't if you didn't like the first series as much, then it's going to be a stinker. For then me, huh? then probably for you, I don't think you're going to be into it, right? I mean, do do you think the character of Snow would be enough to pull you in to watch that movie? Uh, Let me think. No. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Okay. 
Whoa, there's our cue. Hey, that's the cue, guys. Yep. Well, hey, thanks for listening. Uh, we hope you enjoyed the show. As always, please subscribe. Leave a review for us. Check our social media accounts. Yep, you can find us on Facebook. Follow us at Pardon the Intermission and on Twitter at uh, PTI underscore podcast. That's it. All right. Hey, you guys take care out there. We'll see you next time. Peace out. God bless. Hey, thank you so much for listening. Now, I want you to go check out one of the other best podcasts around. It's called the No Focus Radio Hour. It has comedy and insight from the greatest minds in the know. And how do I know? Well, because I'm part of that great show also. So please go check it out. It's available on all your podcasting apps. The No Focus Radio Hour.